Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Team Building Podcast. We've got an amazing guest here with us. We're talking about scaling up with farming and expanding with seller leads, so we've got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, Before that, let me bring in my esteemed co-host, my colleague, the the man, the myth, the legend, freshly back from Arizona, so I'm sure you have a nice tan. Jeff Cohn, what's up? Yes, sir. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. And Scott, so excited to talk to you today on this call. Um, You know, guys, I just got back from Arizona. Unfortunately, Scott and I didn't get together while I was there. Literally just landed last night. Uh, So when I'm back up there, Scott, we'll have to go grab a bite to hang out a little bit. But I'm really excited about this one because for the last five to 10 years, I've heard so many people say print is dead. Nobody should put money towards farming neighborhoods. It doesn't work. You can't get a positive ROI. And these guys have built a very, very successful business implementing mailers. And so we're going to learn more today about some of their strategies that they've deployed and how they've made it profitable and how they've built a huge business around it. So thank you again, Scott, for coming on to this podcast with us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, Scott, give everybody an idea, kind of a 60-second overview of who you are, where you are, and what you do. I'm vice president of the Kenny Klaus team out here in uh, Mesa, Arizona. We're with uh, Keller Williams, and uh, we've been focusing on farming now. Uh, We've been around since uh, 1999. Kenny went full-time in 2003, and we just kind of built uh, with revenue. started with a farm of about 1,700 homes, and right now, uh, last month, we mailed to 56,000 homes uh, in Arizona, and then uh, another 8,000 in San Diego. We have a partner farm out there. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. So first, give everybody an idea of kind of the structure of your team and how you guys have expanded. What does your team consist of? Uh, we actually, uh, we've got a support team of uh, seven people, I believe. Uh, we've got two transaction managers. Uh, Kenny and I both have an executive assistant. Uh, we have a listing manager. She's full-time. She, she handles the uh, logistics of all of our listings. And then we have a field manager that goes out and services our listings. And we do get a couple. We're a HUD broker. We have, you know, usually about two or three at a time. He'll go out and manage those as well. And uh, for our agents, uh, we start all of our agents uh, generally as a buyer agent. Uh, we don't really like to have people live under a ceiling. And so we allow them after a little while. And uh, when we look and see what opportunities match up and uh, getting them to understand a community will move them into a farm opportunity when one becomes available. Sure. And so right now we have a team of 20, all but two of us are licensed. And uh, you know, so five of our uh, licensed are, are admin, uh, but they, they do production too as well. And then Scott, what's your role and what's Ken's role and how are they different? Uh, Kenny uh, handles, uh, he's, he's in coaching with our agents. I also coach them. We, we take them once a month for about a ha- half hour, one-on-one. Uh, so they get one of us once a month, uh, you know, and so it's, it's two coaching sessions. I handle uh, a lot of the stuff that's happening in the building. Uh, Kenny is uh, a visionary. He's, yes. uh, he handles, uh, he still handles some clients. Uh, from time to time, so do I. Uh, neither of us have production goals is kind of how we s- 
we're a little bit different than the team. We're not using team leads or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, no production goals. So anything that we do uh, in real estate is, is just a little it's bit of to the team. Yeah. Cool. So you're okay. in operations, boots on the ground, implementation. Uh, Kenny's going to serve more as the visionary, the CEO, the mouthpiece of the team. Yeah, uh, Kenny's more of a, if you like the disc, Kenny's more of the high I with a lower D. I'm a high D with a lower I. Oh, wow. And, you uh, we find that we mix pretty well together. Cool. How did you guys meet? How long have you known each other? Uh, we've known each other. I've been, we've been in business for about five and a half years. Uh, okay. I was actually a pastor before. Uh, was just happened to be down the street. I was at uh, 3065, and now I'm at 2919. So I didn't move very far. Wow. Uh, but cool. I had left there. I was looking for something and, uh, you know, he had posted on Facebook that he was looking for somebody. I, I it was, uh, internet marketing, uh, was, was all he was looking for there, you know, social media. And I was yep. looking for a gig and, and so people matched us up and, uh, we got together and, uh, you know, things have uh, really grown over the last five years. It's been, that's awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of people that come out to Omaha, we host a team building workshop once a month and a lot of people will come here and they are the Kenny. And they always say, where do I find my Scott? Yeah. You know, where do I find yeah. a guy like Scott? And it's not easy, guys. I mean, and I, and heard... I had to find a guy. I had to find myself a Kenny. So. Yeah, where was your Kenny? You know, and it sounds cliche <laughs> and kind of silly and we tease about it. But a lot of times, like, it takes us true leader to realize that there's a lot, they have a lot of weaknesses and they have to find people to help fill those weaknesses around them. I learned that concept 15 years ago. If you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki was asked or he brings up in the book that he's no expert at any one thing. He just surrounds himself with experts in everything. And that's really the key to really have growing and scaling a successful business. So well, I want to address the comment or the, the word um, or title of farming. Um, in, in real estate, I think it probably started in the late 90s where people would farm neighborhoods. Agents would own subdivisions or neighborhoods uh, based on a geographical basis. And what they would do is they would send out a mailer, a flyer, a calendar um, every month or two times a month or a newsletter or something like that. And um, the word farming came to be because you obviously think of a, par a farmer planting a field and taking nurturing that seed exactly. and it grows, et cetera. I would argue today, if you just look at the semantics of it, that when you generate leads off the internet, you still are farming, but you're not, no longer farming a geographical world. You're, you're farming your database, uh, you know, data mining, data scrubbing, et cetera. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys do, what your, uh, how you deploy, I guess, your capital in generating this 56,000 mailers in a month. Um, obviously, that's going to cost a lot of money. So hopefully, we can talk today about what the overall cost is and then what kind of returns you guys have been seeing over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So there's a big difference when we're marketing in a, in a, in a large scale. It's we're either shotgunning and hitting a, our metro area, which is basically our, our, our farm can be any size. Our farm can be our entire MLS. And for most agents, that's the case mm -hmm. or a city or something like that. And so when we, when we market uh, in mass, we're, we're just trying to hit everybody and let them know we're in real estate. So if we're on the radio, if we're on TV, right. We're marketing to everybody. Allow me um, to interrupt you a lot too, Scott. So just so the audience knows, shotgun <laughs> is where you're not consistently mailing or trying to reach a certain audience. You're just throwing the message across the exactly. large group. I'm, I'm throwing it all out there and I'm hoping that I'm going to meet somebody today that's thinking about buying or selling real estate and they're ready to put action to it. Farming's a little bit different. Farming, uh, we're going to be uh, paying a little bit more attention to psychology and we're, we're understanding the concept of reticular activation. That's where something is in your head and you start to uh, file it. It's got to hit repeatedly for you to file it. I'll give you an example of reticular activation. I've got my, my soda here. <laughs> it's Diet Coke. 
Um, I've been drinking Diet Coke all my life. Uh, my family, uh, we had blood sugar issues, and so we always drank Diet Coke even as a kid. But I'd go to my grandma's house, and she would give us Coke. And it would be in a glass, and it would have ice right in the top. And that was the only place I had it. And so now today, if I go to a restaurant, and the server brings me out my Diet Coke, but by mistake, it's Coke, and it's in a glass, and it's got ice, the minute that hits my lips and I feel the glass, I feel the ice, I, ha I get that taste, I am right back in my grandmother's kitchen. Mm -hmm. I can see her, everything. I get that feeling. It's, it's a nice feeling. I remember grandma. Right. And that's what reticular activation is. And so we want to do that. And we, the, the whole goal of farming, we farm consistently to a specific geographic area for the sole purpose of that when anyone in that market thinks of real estate, the first thing that comes to their mind is our brand, hmm. the cake house team. And so we want to hit multiple times in multiple different ways. And really, we, we're not wanting to only hit the people that are thinking about buying and selling real estate. We want to hit the people that aren't thinking about buying and selling real estate and make it so that they are looking at our piece, that they're engaging with our piece, that they're engaging with our brand and doing so willingly so that when they are thinking about buying and selling real estate, we're the first thing that comes to their mind. NAR says it's uh, any, any other studies, it's between 67 and 73% of sellers only interview one agent. Right. So I want to be that agent. So I think the so thing, one of the things, Scott, and you, you touch on some great points here, a lot to talk about already. Um, you're pushing your brand. All these people are seeing it. You know, you think of Coca-Cola and you use it as the example. And the irony is I think they've probably done this better than any brand that exists in the US worldwide, right? Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, your brand is a real estate team at Keller Williams. I think my number one question personally, selfishly is how do you dis distinguish your team's brand and Keller Williams when you send out these mailing pieces? How many of these people are thinking, wow, Keller Williams, I'm to use them when I go to buy or sell and how many are thinking I'm going to use the Kenny Klaus team when I go to buy or sell? Well, what's, what's funny, you bring that up. Uh, we've been branding for such a long time and our, in Arizona, the, uh, we have to show the brokerage on everything, Yeah, but the team can be somewhat prominent. Yeah. And so our, our team branding is, is tends to be a little bit more prominent. They see it on everything. But what's interesting is we will get sign calls on other Keller Williams agents listings that are in our farm because they just assume it's a Kenny Klaus team listing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and, hilarious. Uh, and it's not just Keller Williams. Uh, we get it for other brokerages too. It might be one that is red, white, and blue. Uh, some, some other colors, uh, even, even if it's different coloration, they'll still give us a call uh, because of it. But well, when we, when we market, we use our, I don't know there, you can see it. This is a, yep. one of our marketing pieces. It's just a, it's an eight-page newsletter, and uh, on the front of it, it's got our listing sign. It's got different branding at the top, though. There's eight pages in that. We flip through just slow yeah. just to kind of see, get an idea of what it looks so like. So here on the front, we just do a bunch of teasers yep. to get them to open it. On the back, too, we want to make sure we've got our branding and calls to action because we don't know if it's going to land this way or this yep. way when they open up their mail. And then we have community news stories consistently. Oh, cool. We want them to know that they're opening it up for that. The centerfold is, of course, going to be real estate stats, recent sales, active listings, those kind of things, and more community news and, and information, a couple lender uh, ads to uh, pay the bills. Hmm. And uh, that's, that's the piece. It's, it's been consistent to that farm. 
Uh, we didn't, you know, you don't always have to start that way on our new farms. We don't start with an eight pager. We start uh, either if we're going full scale farming in a new farm with one of our new agents, we'll do a four page. It's very similar. Um, and I don't have any on my desk right now. Okay. Um, and we do a four pager and uh, it mostly community news with the real estate pieces put in. So we're, run, me, run me through the strategy real quick. So you're taking a new agent into a new farm area. What's, what's the criteria for a new agent getting the right to have you put essentially venture capital into their business? And what, what's, the, what's the limits? What are you, what's the risk that you guys are willing to take? Well, uh, we're partnering that risk with the agent. So the agent's going to pay half of the uh, marketing costs. We're going to change awesome. up the splits a little bit um, for that agent. It's not going to look, you know, the leads that they get out of the farm. Uh, isn't going to look like a normal listing split for a team. It's going to be a little bit uh, greater because they uh, contributed to the right. uh, financial uh, investment in doing that. And where, uh, where are they at? Where are they usually at in their career trajectory when when they get that opportunity? Um, you know what? When they when they join our team, uh, we we hire both seasoned agents and we hire uh, new agents. Uh, we hire new agents because they don't have bad habits, and we hire seasoned agents because. Uh, they've come to a point where they realize that they, they really do need the resources of a team. And, uh, you know, when they're seasoned, though, we need to see that they're teachable uh, because we are going to change the way that they're, they're going to think about doing real estate. Uh, but so we've got some people that uh, are farming that have been in real estate for just over a year and, and they're doing uh, pretty well. Uh, we just brought somebody on that's been doing real estate uh, for, uh, I think he's been doing real estate for 20, 25 years came to our team and he got a uh, farm a little bit sooner than others would have, but you know, he had the, the backing to do that. They also need to go through our listing Academy, which is an in-house uh, thing that we do. Um, they have to shadow other agents so that they get our listing presentation down and, and they learn all the scripts, but the bulk of it is just, uh, you know, when you, when you do the kind of volume that we do, we want all of our listings to look exactly the same when yep. they come in. Our listing manager will never see the property in person. And she's going to do all the logistics of getting it on the on the market and marketing that, and so it has to be turned in uh, the same specific way every every single time. And so the the bulk of it is here. Uh, we're going to take you out. We're going to walk you through uh, doing a listing. Then they're going to we're going to take them out to a vacant property, and they're going to uh, list it for us basically, and 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 complete all that let stuff. Me, if they do you. that, then we we start to let them do their own uh, sphere and list that. And so they need to get those a uh, few of those under their belt before then they start going out. Uh, they're also spending some time in the months before we actually launch a farm, and they're getting to know that farm because if they're going to be the if, they're, if we're going to call them the local market expert, they're going to have to be a local market expert. Right. And so they're going to they're going to learn more about that zip code than any of the rest of us know, and and they need to show that they do, they know that before they go out and farm. On that piece you just showed us, if, if you were to do that for another t agent, let's say I decide to move there and work for you and you were willing to hire me as one of your top agents and you were going to give me yeah, a send me your resume. Right, I will. I will right after we <laughs> go, actually. Yeah. I'll have my assistant do that real quick, actually, right now. <laughs> and you get, you know, you decide you're going to give Jeff Cohn ABC region. How much of that piece that gets mailed out is going to say Jeff Cohn? Is it going to have my picture? Is it going to have my phone number? Am I going to get a unique URL where they land on my, you know, business card online? Yeah, so uh, we use a couple, uh, so we use Boomtown, and so with Boomtown, uh, we use the subdomains, and so okay, 
uh, for you, it would be jeff.azhomechoice.com. Jeff. Uh, and so all those leads would come to you. And so we're going to direct some of those to you. Of course, we use uh, zip code domains. And so if you were to go in like 85298.com uh, and you go there, we've got that, that zip code domain. And so we're going to direct all that traffic to you. So we're going to create a little website. It's, a, it's an easy, easy little website we'll create that just has different neighborhoods in there. And people can click on those. It directs them over to the Boomtown landing page for that. Okay. And, of course, all those leads are going to you. Okay. Uh, we use a different site for our seller lead gen because we want to have a, a really good home valuation. Yeah. Uh, the things that we um, always want to see in a good home valuation site is when you come to it, is it asking just for the address or is it asking for uh, your name, your zip code, your uh, phone number, your email, your address, your ATM pin code, all that <laughs> stuff. If they see all that stuff, right. most of them are, are going away. If it's just the address, oh, I'll type that in. So they go and they type that in yep. and then they see all the other stuff yep. and they go, well, you know, heck with this, I'm out of here. That's fine for us because after about a half hour with a good uh, a lead gen site for that, it'll say, oh, this is a, this is a partial. We call yep. it a partial. It's somebody who put the information in, but then they walked away. So we'll go do a quick CMA, go drop by, and yep. uh, we use the little glitch script. Uh, hey, uh, we noticed that you came to our site. You were looking for a home valuation. Uh, apparently, there was a glitch because you didn't get the home valuation that you wanted, so we just decided to bring that by. And, yep. Are you and using Seller Lead Suite then with Boomtown for that? We actually aren't. We're using Home Value Request. Um, okay. we're, uh, I know that the Boomtown's making some changes and and growing that up a little bit. One of the things that we really like about home uh, about the prime seller leads is because we're farming in different areas of the valley, uh, we're able to geographically route those leads. Oh. And so they, the agents get them a lot faster without us having to go through all of them because every time we, we those newsletters land, we know we drop them all in Phoenix, they go to the different zip codes sometimes on different days but we know when they hit <laughs> because all of a sudden those, those home valuation yeah. leads keep coming. And, and where, where does, since you guys are kind of at least leading a little bit with seller leads, how, how does Boomtown fit into the overall like structure of the team? Um, all, of, all of our agents use Boomtown. Uh, the, the big thing for Boomtown for us, a lot of people see it as a, as a lead generation tool. And it's not for us because uh, we, we actually don't do any pay-per-click at all. Uh, we, do, we do some Zillow. Uh, which then we also do Trulia. Yep. <laughs> we have some Realtor.com, not very much. Uh, most of what we do is is stuff that's coming in through Scott. Are you uh, about, are you about to say Boomtown's a CRM? Uh, you know what? It, is that thing, what it is? Is it a CRM? The, the I best, tease I tease so much, Scott, because so many people think it's a lead generation site, and it can be that, but yeah. it's a CRM. And, and we do use a different product for a database. We haven't used Boomtown for as a full-fledged CRM. But what it is, is it's a lead nurture tool. Yeah. And if you're dealing with seller leads, 95% of them are not asking you to come to their house today for a listing appointment, which makes them a nurture. It's not a come list me. Yep. And so most of the leads that come in are nurtures. If you look at buyers, most of them are coming to you and filling out that Zillow form or, or doing pay-per-click because they've got their prequal in hand and they're ready to go look at homes, right? Yep. 
Oh, that's good for you. I've never <laughs> yeah. had that. Yeah. <laughs> small, small, small percentage. Yeah. So um, all right. So, Kenny, are you, are you saying that you're running the seller leads that the PSL generates for you? Do they then get fed into Boomtown to get yeah, up they, on like Boomtown Smart Drip? Automatically. And they, so we, okay. we, we direct it to, we have a little special Gmail um, account. Uh, Boomtown makes it really easy to route leads. All you got to do is send them to a, a Gmail account that uh, you set some filters in. Okay. And so they drop right in and they go to the, go to the right agent. And okay. so the, the agents are putting in their notes, they're setting to do's and those to do's are incredibly valuable. And then with the sellers, they're uh, setting them up on e-alerts, which is the same thing we do with buyers. We're just setting them up a little less infrequent, uh, a little more infrequently. Uh, and uh, we're putting them for just the criteria of their property. Same way you would do with a, uh, just doing a CMA. Uh, and we're just going to show them all these different properties that are kind of that are coming on the market that look yeah. just like theirs. Let me, and let me address that real quick. On the e alert, uh, what he's talking about in Boomtown, that's kind of a buzzword for an automatic listing update email. Mm -hmm. So anybody that doesn't even have a system like a Boomtown or Conversion Commissions Inc., you can do this with your MLS. Oh, so every person, I always tell my team, Scott, and I think you'd agree with this. Anyone you know that owns anything should get an automatic email anytime a house or property land you know, vacation home hits the market that's similar to the one they already own, even if it's just set up to go out once a month, it helps people keep tabs on their arguably one of their most expensive investments. And yeah, most people absolutely. will say, yes, it's a great dialogue to say, hey, would you like to know what your property's worth every month? Well, I can send you something to show you what some competitive, you know, other property they're hitting the market like yours looks like. So I think that's a really great strategy. Hey, to turn the, turn the conversation real quick back to those marketing pieces that you guys are sending out. Have you reached out? I saw on that piece you showed us, there were some other companies that looked like on the top. Have you reached out to like a title company, an inspection company, a home warranty company uh, to have them help pay for those advertisements? Yeah. And so uh, we've got two, two lenders in there uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they do uh, take, take a piece of, of that. Um, you know, one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting about the last couple of years is we've had to uh, become a little bit uh, more open to seeing different opportunities in which we can partner with uh, some of these other companies. Title companies, there's generally not many opportunities. But with lenders, uh, here in Arizona, they cannot pay for leads, right? right. Uh, but they can uh, do advertising. And in most, most cases, if you're going to partner with a lender on, a, on an advertising piece, they can pay for the percentage that they're in that piece. Yeah. And so if you want to be in the, in 90% of that piece, they can be in 10% and they can only cover 10%. Uh, one of the neat things about if you're doing a community newsletter versus an ad, most of the space in this is not ad advertising. Cause it's, you know, we right. have, we have nothing to do with the Turkey trot or the Thanksgiving food drive or the free music at the park. That's all community news. It's, it's not advertising space. And so we calculate the amount of space that we're actually doing advertising at what the lenders are doing. And so then they can pay for that just, I hope the viewers caught that because it was all really boring. But he just told you how he gets the lender to pay half of his advertising budget. Well, so it's not half. But it's, uh, it's getting percentage of space utilized on the, on the piece that's going out. And so another strategy I heard similar to this, Scott, was if you got nine other people, so a t if a title company was willing to write a $500 check and home warranty, home inspection, a termite inspection, nine other companies, you essentially could pay one-tenth and they could pay yeah. nine-tenths as, as long as everyone shared the same amount of space. The question is what real estate, using the pun, is most valuable? And our argument would probably be the front and the back. 
And then you put everybody else in the middle and hopefully your phone starts ringing, but those guys are able to help pay for that ad spend. Yeah, absolutely. So, and really then just, you, you know, when you're putting in the community news, not only are you making it something that the people actually want to look at because newsflash, they don't want to look at your advertising. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. I know you think that they do, but they don't. Uh, they might want to look at the, the market stats, but uh, uh, they, they don't want to see your advertising. And so yeah. all, all we're doing is phrasing our piece into something that they're going to want to look at. And then we're going to hit them over and over and over again. If we're, if we're shotgunning, like we said before, we're just shooting it everywhere. And we're hoping that somebody will see it at least five times because science says that they got to see it those five times right. before anything actually happens. Now, now with this, like, I mean, you guys are essentially generating, and maybe you can tell, fill me in on this portion too, but you guys are generating community-oriented content which is insanely good for, uh, for SEO. I mean, are you seeing any SEO benefits? Is this all going up on the main blog of your main site and pulling in natural traffic? Uh, so we, we do have an online uh, newsletter as well for our big farm is 85209.com. Uh, we post stories that are in the newsletter. We post stuff that's not. It's all community focused. Uh, we also do social media. So we have Facebook pages for all those uh, different zip codes. One of the neat ones, uh, somebody, one of our uh, farm agents, uh, Suzanne, she posted a news story about a neighborhood that does Christmas lights and it has just been blowing up. I keep getting these notifications that people are engaging with it. Um, you know, some of the things that people really got on, uh, Apple was uh, bringing in and building a plant in our farm. Anytime we posted on that, people just loved it. We thought that was huge. We were actually the uh, second media entity in the Phoenix Metro to announce that Apple was moving there. What? Uh, we, we beat out ABC. We beat out NBC. We beat out. How'd CBS. you do that? Uh, we heard it on the, on uh, the talk radio. It popped up. We uh, called over and confirmed it with somebody at the city and posed quick wrote the, the smallest story you can imagine right. posted it and then started revising the story. So it got bigger uh, but we posted it, and, and uh, then we started to see ABC post That's it, cool. those kinds of things, which was fun. But the number one thing that people have engaged with was when we announced that there was a new Dairy Queen coming in. What? <laughs> it just it blew up. People were sharing it. People were liking it, commenting, tagging their friends. And as a result, then our, our Facebook page grew. As How well. often have you gone out, Scott? And this has been something I've wanted to do more in my flagship on my flagship team here in Omaha. What about going out to the new Dairy Queen that's going to be launching and in your article include a free Frosty for all of the people that are reading that article and get Dairy Queen to pay for it? That, that would be a great idea. Um, we also, uh, in addition to that, uh, we have them uh, giving a ice cream cake to every one of our buyers in the, uh, the buyer move-in buckets. Uh, we have oh, nice. lots. And, so, <laughs> and, and what's, what's crazy is we don't call them when we run out. They call us and say, hey, you know, I bet you're running out. Here's here's another stack, and it's got our logo on it and everything. What? <laughs> that is awesome. That's a great idea. All right, so let's get into some analytics. Um, it sounds fun. It's cool. I love the idea. When I first got licensed ten years ago, I thought that was the only way. You know, when internet leads really hadn't picked up. Um, today, my team split into one third of our deals that executed this year. We sold six hundred sides, and two hundred of those were internet leads including social media, Google AdWords, Facebook, et cetera. Uh, one third was prospecting, so agents jumping on the phone 
you know, making cold calls, uh, expired FISBO, just listed, just sold in open houses. And then one third was sphere of influence, uh, staying in contact with your sphere, taking people out to lunches, following like seven levels of communication type of stuff. So you're, you're obviously talking about lead gen through mailing pieces. Um, I know my analytics really, really well. I'm sure you do as well in terms of if I sent out 10 mailers, and I'm sure in your business, it's a thousand mailers. How many people are going to call out of the people that call? How many are you going to meet with out of the people you meet with? How many are you going to actually make money off of? And then at the very end of the day, when you do get that commission check, what is the actual return on investment and what is the cost to procure that lead? Would you have any of those numbers for the audience? I, I got some of those numbers for you. Okay. So uh, we're, we're closing about 509 uh, transactions this year for 122 million. And uh, of, of that 18%, um, that's our written, uh, our closed is 17.8% is farming. And, uh, it used to be a larger percentage, but the last couple of years we've been making a more concerted effort to focus on our database. And because we've been farming to these people and of our database, most of them came in through farming. And this year our, our database, uh, exceeded our farming for the first time. So we're at 22% awesome. of our database. Of course, where did those people come from? Well, most farming. Of them came from the farm. Exactly. Uh, yep. We, we sold them the house that they're in, you know, and hopefully we should be able to do that again. Interesting yep. stat: eighty-three percent of buyers say that they'll use the same agent. Right. They use before eleven percent do. Right. And so that gap is where we live in farming because somebody else sold them that house. We want to get them from there, and yep. so. Uh, are you farming one, back, and this is just staying in contact with your sphere, but are you sending mailers to everyone that's bought or sold with you? Uh, we we uh, do saturation, so every single person on the route is going to get it. Oh, okay. So regardless of if they're our client or, or uh, they've been there. So you don't create them. a specific piece just for the people that um, are were your sphere, people that bought, sold, or referred to you? No, we do some uh, – we, we have an email newsletter that goes out okay. to everybody. We've got a uh, preferred uh, client list. We have it's our, it's our K list. Yep. And so uh, our top 100 cl uh, referring clients get to be on the K-list. They get a, uh, a premium piece every month. This month it was a vacuum mug, uh, oh, nice. one of those nice ones. And uh, it's got uh, they all have our name on it. How many people are, <laughs> nice. How many people are in your database that you – In our database. That you email to? 6,000. 6,000? Yeah, 6,000. Okay. All right, so let's go back to the analytics. So 20%, that's still super impressive. Yeah, and, and, and so 17% – arguably two-fifths, you know, 40% has come at some point from farming, right? Yeah. And then, uh, like you mentioned, too, Agents Fear, uh, if anybody's ever thinking about joining a team, uh, you can agree with me. I heard your Agents Fear stats, and they're way more than a solo agent would ever see. 17% of our business comes from our Agents Fear, and when we look at the agents when they were on their own, they never got that much business from their sphere. Tell, uh, tell the audience why. Because agents come on a team, they get the leverage of the brand, they get all the resources of the brand. None of my agents were able to provide a free moving truck to all of their clients. They never had two full-time transaction managers who between the two of them have about 50 years of real estate experience under their belt uh, and, and just a gamut of other things. But they're also learning the right scripts to use. They're being challenged to do it. If, uh, the, you know, a lot of the folks in KW, they've been to bold, they know how to engage their sphere and they're learning so much more. And all of a sudden they're on this team, they're paying team splits on everything that's from their sphere, but they're doing right. way more sphere business than they would ever right. do before. Matt, I like and, this guy. Have you thought about doing recruiting? 
I would love to bring you to Omaha. It's nice. It's five degrees outside right now. You'd love how cold it is. Uh, uh, I love it, man. You're saying all the right stuff to make yeah. me yeah. happy, man. So we, we parrot everything you're saying all the time. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's, let's talk about the, the accountability. Yeah, the, the conversion yeah, ratio. So, um, yeah. you know, when we're mailing out, we're generally, because of the bulk that we do, and we're smart about how we uh, print as well. Uh, in fact, our printer used to be an agent on my team. He was one of the top agents on my team. He came from printing world, did real estate for about five years, and then went back to the printing world. And um, uh, it, it works out real nice for us, uh, you know, doing this piece. There is 20,000 of those, so it brings the cost down. Uh, when we do our four-page and our postcards, our postcards are thinner because we use the same paper as we do on the other. It gangs them all together. And so we do it all on a single run. Uh, whenever we're going to do, like uh, one of our farmers, he wanted to do a postcard in the middle of the month in addition to his four-page newsletter. And so we gang that at the same time they warehouse and send it later. Okay. And so because of all that stuff, we're able to uh, print. Uh, they process it and mail it for us. We used to do that all ourselves, and yeah. it was crazy. They take it to the post office, and uh, you know everything all in is under 30 cents a piece. Okay, so just uh, for, for our audience sake, you know, somebody that's not as sophisticated yet as you guys are, if they just want to do a postcard, not a four p, not a four page or eight page, just a postcard, and they're going to send it to, you know, call it 20,000 people, a whole zip code, essentially, you know, what are, what can they expect to pay per piece? I mean, is 30 cents possible? It, it is. Uh, local printers are great. Uh, some people uh, still think, you know, I think it was uh, a lot of people were saying, I think it's got print. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but uh, there's one of those, a uh, couple of those uh, internet printers that uh, do pretty well. Uh, local is uh, best as far as postage goes, because it tends to be about two cents less okay. than if you mail it from, you know, if you're in Arizona, you're mailing it from Washington state. Uh, we now mail our San Diego postcards from San Diego because it was an extra two cents to drop it at Phoenix. Hmm. Two cents per adds right. up real fast. Oh, yep. And in my so mind, I found a local printer out there. Okay, and I agree with all that. You know, I pay. I know we can pay 19 cents for just the getting the piece mailed and then to produce a postcard, I think it was 10 cents. So our yeah. numbers were about really similar, 29 cents. EDDM is 17 and a half cents. Oh. So if you're uh, doing saturation, uh, then it's, it's way cheaper. I mean, if you're gonna send a mailing list, uh, you're almost gonna double that. Yep. And, and the more you're going to print, the, the more money you're going to save. So if you're considering printing, you know, doing 10,000 a month, print them all, you know, up front, you can get a lot, a lot better cost. Yeah. And, it, and if you're just interested in doing like a, an eight by eight, you know, we're doing maybe two pieces a month or one piece a month over that kind of time span. And it's going to be the same piece. Uh, granted, people like to see more current Change information. It up. But if you're going to do that, uh, there's teams out there that do the exact same mailer every single time and do see success. But you can warehouse those, print them all in bulk, warehouse yeah. them, and only send out uh, some of them, and that brings the cost down significantly. Awesome. But, yeah. One thing, and we're jumping around, then we're going to come back to the analytics, which I just had thought of it. How do you know, and in Boomtown, just so everyone knows, in any CRM, you can tag the lead that comes in so that you can give credit to where the money was spent. To have mm -hmm. your return on investment, to know it, you have to know where the lead came from to begin with, and then you have to close it out and give credit to where the lead came from when it closes and track the commission that came off of that and then the cost it, you know, cost you to acquire said lead. So for you guys, when these calls come in and you have agents that own certain territories, how does that agent know it wasn't a sign call, it wasn't just a friend of a friend who referred them, how do they know it was from the mailing piece and how are you tracking that? Generally, if it's a friend that refers them, 
then we'll hear the anecdote because yep. people always say from that. somebody you're um, looking for them to tell the story of how they came to you and so because for farming, a line, you don't have like a bat phone that means it came from a mailer. They just have to ask the person where they found out. Yeah, and, and generally we'll know if it came from branding because they actually went to the site. They didn't come through Google. They didn't come through um, Zillow or anything like that. Oh, they just, uh, you can they, tell when they just physically typed in. Yeah, and so those come in as direct. So if they type it in direct, we're going to assume that everything that's direct comes from our farming efforts, which means all the branding that we're doing. It may not be the actual print. Maybe right. they saw one of our three wrapped vehicles drive by. Maybe they saw us in the it's high school branding. a lot. Yep. And then there's times that we'll use a different website just to get them there. But anything that we're doing online, Boomtown has the great ability to tag the end of the link. And, uh, yep. and then you can uh, see exactly where that came from. So if yep. we're doing Facebook ads, the lead comes in. I know exactly which ad. I know what property they were the pictures right. were of that they came in. So out of that 17.5% that you said was from your mailers, are, are you counting all the direct leads and pretty much anything else that's coming in as a mailer lead? Uh, so those are, um, that's just, we only, we don't track all the leads as much. Uh, we go in and we look, uh, you know, maybe once a year, but the, the main focus is what did we write on? What did we close on? Okay. Uh, and that's, that's the bulk of what we track on an ongoing basis. When we track our agent's productivity, we're always tracking what is their written to goal. But you're not linking executed contracts to the mailing piece I sent in October, the mailing piece I sent in September. You're not no, it's going to be in mailing. general, farming in general. Well, uh, damn it, Scott, that's going to make the conversion ratios really challenging. It, it, it does, but um, we are consistent. Uh, we don't skip a month. And so it, the, it all goes together. If we skipped months or if we changed you can feel uh, it. If we changed up the piece uh, significantly, we really don't. The only time we change it up is when in December when we add a, a calendar magnet to each of those pieces. Okay. So we sent out 56,000 calendar magnets as well. This Wow. <laughs> Good God almighty. So help us, make, help us feel comfortable around the numbers. So you're about 30 cents a piece. You just sent 56,000 pieces. That means it costs you $15,000 or $17,000, but you didn't cover all that. Let's no, say our, our agents covered, uh, you know, half of the ones that they're in. Our main farm, uh, we don't have an agent covering uh, half of that because it's our main yep. historic farm. That split is, is significantly different than all the other ones. Right. Uh, maybe, and then, maybe, uh, but, you know, somewhere between five and ten grand is what you guys ponied up yourselves? Yeah. Okay. So let's call it ten grand, and you don't need to give us the number. Let's just call it twenty. Because one of the ways I look at it, I always, I always use, like, my biblical – Matt always laughs because I always say we need to be good stewards – of our lender vendors contributions because if those lender vendors went away which one day they could rest could, could make one judgment say no more and now that's a cost we have to incur so looking at it as a real business that's scalable and leverageable we have to pretend like we're paying all of it so let's pretend like we're covering that full cost of that fifty-six thousand piece mailer you know so let's call it seventeen thousand. how many you do you think you're going to get how many transactions would you need to get break you probably two or three in your market but for you to actually make money i'm guessing you'd need about six or seven units off of each month's mailing pieces that go out. Is that about right? Yeah, and we close about 42 to 50 a month. That you're saying is directly from that though? Because you said- Not, you not directly from that. Right. Um, you know, some of it is our sphere. And, hmm. and, and when we're looking at that database, uh, one of the things that we have to understand is it's not just our database activities. Uh, most people are not going to open up our email newsletter um, most of our clients don't come to our movie event or right. our, uh, you know, client events, those kind of things. But 
if they if they're living in our farm areas they're getting that reminder yep and so it's not just for the people that didn't yep. do business with us it's for the people that have yep um that it's building your brand you know, so I love that, even, yep. that bleeds over into the the database section as well yep. so this is the same thing you guys that i am constantly thinking about so i hire Viral marketing, getviral.com. Uh, the owner and I own another company together, 1,000 calls a day, and we went to college together. It's a great company. In essence, we send out, we have it's like 70,000 people on our email list, and we constantly send them video content twice a month. And at times, I wonder, is this a good ROI? Well, I don't know if XYZ lead came directly from that. They'll just say, well, know about your team. I get the videos. I see your moving truck. I talked to a friend of a friend who said you guys are really good. And so I love the strategy because what you're doing is you're adding an additional layer to getting your face in front of someone, helping them recognize your brand, helping them trust you. And just like Coca-Cola, it obviously does work in getting in front you're, of somebody. You're, you're adding the psychological touch. Yep. And it doesn't matter if it's the handwritten note, if it's the phone call, if it's the, the email, if it's the uh, video in the email, and then they saw the wrapped vehicle and then the other things. Yep. They're getting reminded that, that you're there. Um, and you know, I've heard numbers that they need to see you within, uh, I think it was every 13 days. Jeez. Good uh, Lord. Something from you. I believe it. Yeah. Meant that, that kind of thing. I mean, we see yeah. Coca-Cola stuff all the time. And so it makes sense. But, you know, yeah. every every 13 well, days or thanks so. Thanks to you and watching this hangout. Yeah, I can't. It's it's burned into my retinas because of the thing that's <laughs> over your left shoulder. <laughs> good point i didn't even notice that that's what? hilarious how did you not notice that jeff come on now. Look at come on eyes, man that's I'm my mini fridge get with it get with it all right so jeff is there anything else that you want to want to cover on analytics before we uh talk a little bit about accountability of the agents no i think we hit it man i, I think that answered the question you know the one thing i do want to make sure we make mention of for anyone newer watching this and I think Scott will agree with me. I don't think mailing is going to be like the solution right away. I feel like that mailing piece is more of a larger game plan, maybe a five-year plan. I don't know that that's something, Scott, if you said, if someone asked you, where do I put my first thousand? I don't know that you'd say go shotgun a postcard. No, uh, what we want to always see is a year commitment. Okay. If, if you can't commit to a year marketing budget on a farm, it's not going to be worth it. Yep. But we also want to pay attention to where we're doing it. We don't want to just choose a farm based on, oh, I love that area. Um, you know, we want to look at the turnover rate. We want to look and see uh, what that price point is and make sure that that's going to uh, be fine. If we look at the turnover rate and the price point, are we going to make enough off of that to justify the mailings? Right. Um, and we also want to look and make sure that we don't have a dominant agent in that area. If we've got a dominant agent, we want to see how, how dominant are they what are they doing in farming? Can yep. we do it better yep. and, and play with that? You know, one of the things that we've done is we, we have the whole zip code as a domain. doesn't mean that we market to the whole zip code for like 85234. We only do like a small square of it. On the other side, there's a, there's a neighborhood called Val Vista Lakes that is a great neighborhood. People love it. And once they move in, they're likely not going to go. It's got a much lower turnover rate. Right. And so for us, we go, oh, that's the neighborhood I would love to farm. The price point is much better. It's a fun neighborhood and all that stuff. Well, it may not be the best to farm. And so we, we, we identified the areas that were better, the routes, because we're going to mail to every home. want to make sure that those routes are, are better. And so it, we're going to choose that farm smartly from a business mindset. Yeah. And then we're going to uh, look and see, can I budget a year? Because right. chances are you're not going to get any business. Uh, when Kenny first started farming, 
he got a listing call and went and listed it on the first mailer. He's like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it was seven more months he didn't get a single lead. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And he had to keep justifying to his wife, hey, you know, I really believe in this. We're going to keep sending this. And she's like, it, it's expensive. He goes, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. And then on that eighth month, he had three. And from then on, we've been, been solid. Well, that's the but evolution of Because they're nurturers too. Yeah. Most yep. lead, farming leads are nurturers. You got to understand they're going to be that far out. And so don't yep. plan to make any money on yep. that campaign for six to nine months. If you yep. do, be pleasantly surprised. But make sure you have that budget for 12 months. Yep. And, and from then on, then do it. If you can't do that, then don't, don't do it. Don't or worry just about lower it. the dollar amount. If you were thinking three thousand for six months, you know, cut that in half, go fifteen hundred for a year. And I, yeah. I parrot that. I totally agree. That applies to every type of marketing. And then you grow with revenue. Generation. Yeah. You so, so let me ask you about revenue. the other the other lead gen vehicles. You, you had mentioned, I think, truly Zillow, Realtor.com, Google AdWords, Facebook ads. Are you doing any of that? We're doing Zillow. Uh, we we play the Zillow game uh, pretty well. Um, it's a new game, I understand too, right? Yeah, I mean, fill out your profile, have people do reviews, yep. and make sure your properties are showing up. Okay, so you're, it's easy. you're not paying. No. You're not paying. Sounds like a tall order. Yeah, we, we do we do uh, pay in uh, some of our zips uh, to make sure that we pop up. Okay. Uh, but um, I, do, I don't know. It, it, it's tough to gauge on Zillow which ones are um, are paid and which ones are organic. Okay. Uh, which ones are popping up just on our listings, which right. I, I can tell you that we in playing the Zillow game and making sure that we're, we're in there uh, because we do a lot of stuff in, in very local areas. We do get listings because yeah, people look up the agent and who does the most yep, production. We do too. So guys, this is great advice. Um, one of the things that I've done and Scott probably has something similar built into his system is when one of our contracts goes pending, in Boomtown, we have a drip email that automatically goes out and it says, thanks so much for working with us. We're excited to watch this go all the way to close. Please take a moment to review me on, and we give them links to wherever we want the, the review, Facebook, Google Plus, and Zillow. But now we've been using a testimonial site where you can go out and ask people to rate you or rate your agent and get feedback from them called Real Satisfied. And Real Satisfied now syndicates with like six or seven different companies, including Zillow. And so after closing, we have one of our admin, one of their steps is to call and thank people for working with us and ask them to take that, that survey. It's like a 20 minute survey. And at the end, they can put in a testimonial there and that's been working really well. So it's free to use Zillow. It only costs money yeah. if you start to pay the, for all the upgrades, but you might as well take advantage of at least linking yourself to all the listings that you have on the market. And on our, on our uh, dashboards that we have around the office, we do track the, the last 12 months of, uh, Zillow, Google, Facebook, and Yelp reviews. And awesome. uh, we see, you know, Steve is at the top right now with 38. Kenny's next with 26. Corey's next with 26. And they get competitive. <laughs> the agents do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, is that something you guys can make part of the, uh, the gecko boards? Is it whether they get a uh, review or the quality of it on the backside of the transaction? Yeah, so we use, uh, we use Google Sheets. Mm -hmm. And so we just have an extra sheet in there that when it comes in, uh, either uh, me or uh, Samantha, my amazing EA, will uh, just plug it in real fast. We All we put in is the date, the name of the agent, uh, the, the score, because we track that. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that uh, even though Steve has the most reviews, his are at 4.97 instead of 5. Oh. And then, uh, <laughs> so then it, just, it just pulls automatically onto the scoreboard from there. Yeah, and it yeah. It. 
So that is something Kevin can build in because that's exactly how ours pull onto the yeah. gecko boards. All right, cool. Um, so Scott, I want you to cover real, very, very briefly the Agent Olympics and the the one-on-ones that you guys do and how you guys structure those so people can learn kind of how you hold your agents accountable and then we'll shut this one down. Cool. Absolutely. The, uh, so we have our Agent Olympics. Those are those are fun. Uh, most of the agent accountability happens on a daily basis. Uh, dashboards are insane uh, in just getting people motivated, uh, getting them to know their numbers. Uh, we focus on written to goal because our agents, some of them are uh, farming a big farm and they're listing agents. Some of them are buying agents. Some of them are both as they're building a farm. And so they'll have different amounts. Like Travis is right now, his goal is four a month. Mark's is five. Twilas is five. Corey's is 10 a month. And so everybody's not on an even playing field, right? If, uh, if Corey's got uh, eight and Steve has, or, and Twyla's got four, Twyla's actually doing better than, than Corey. And so uh, we, we want to bring it to that level. And so we, we do what they've done versus their goal. And so if they're at 125%, somebody's at 60%, 125% is winning, even though he may have right, uh, less right. actual contracts. And so the way that we, we do it is just on a regular Google Sheets, we've got a a little graph and it shows everybody and how much they've done. And we've got a little red line and the red line is tied to the day of the month. And so right now it's the ninth and every month on this graph is 30 days, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it moves up and down based on the day. So if they're ahead of goal, they're above the red line. If they're below the goal or they're below the red line. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to do. It's uh, just spreadsheet. Yep. And, and so they see that every single day. They also see all of our other numbers, but that's where their eyes are going to go. We have another leaderboard that's for volume because they like to play that way. We use conditional formatting. You can Google that. Uh, it's a pretty easy thing to do on Google Sheets, and it changes the color of the cells based on what's in it. And so if they get to a million in, in volume, then it turns green. Mm-hmm. If they get up to, I think it's uh, two million, it turns a darker green. Um, a couple months ago, we, uh, Steve hit three, and it didn't change the color. Uh-oh. And so he came in. It didn't go to the deep hue of chartreuse that he expected? <laughs> he, said, he said, can we have a different color when it hits three million? Because right. I hit three million. And so we added gold, and I'm waiting for him to hit 3.5 oh. so he can come in and, and say, can you – can you? Can we have like a platinum or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diamond. They they get motivated. <laughs> At some and, point, uh, it'll just be invisible. <laughs> Impossible. One of our agents, he's he's generally right at the top of written goal, and and last month he just he had big goose egg at the end of the month, and it was just so crazy for him. It just things didn't add up that month, and his office is right next to the board. And so he had to look at it every single day. And then we were trying to figure out if we could turn the board around so it goes through the glass. <laughs> so he could see nothing but that the entire time. He He's like, I know, I know. That's I know. awesome. But okay, so we do things like our Agent Olympics and things like that. It's nothing as motivating as just seeing your numbers versus everyone else's yeah. numbers. Yeah. And, and creating a culture in the office that's a fun competitive. It's not, yep. it's not like a – an auto dealership where they're fighting to get, you know, the, the walk-ins that are coming in and beating each other down, you know, they're sharing with other agents, but it's a fun competitive. Uh, they do side bets based on uh, the numbers that they see. Um, some of them are, some of them are cash. Some of them are just plain ridiculous. Uh, I think one of them was 
if they would win, then they challenge. We've got a former professional baseball player that they challenged each other to a foot race in the <laughs> in the parking lot or something like that. But uh, <laughs> hey guys, if you want to see an example of what we're talking about, we're talking about Gecko Board, uh, G E C K O B O A R D dot com. Um, you have to create a Google sheet and essentially ties into the Gecko Board. And my understanding is with Keller Williams, it makes it a little easier because Keller Williams already has a piece of software that does something similar to the Gecko Board. Bro, yeah, it's a CTE yeah. Uh, commitment to excellence. We we created our own just because we kind of yeah we we're doing that before CTE. If, yep. Now we would have done it, but we've yeah. kind of we're we're already there. So, and we have a little yeah. bit more control, but it's um, really awesome. You can do customizations endless. If someone wants to just see what it looks like, I know we brought this up in the past, but if you're a new audience member, go out and check out dashboard dot and dashboard1.omahaselite.com and dashboard2.omahaselite.com will give you even more information. You can see what we're talking about. But, I mean, the sky's the limit. Like Scott shared with the, the audience, you know, you can write certain code inside Google Sheets so that things show up differently. And if you just Google search Gecko Board and click on images, you will see some crazy stuff. I don't know how they build in some of the stuff that's in there in terms of tracking mechanisms. But for a real estate team, you can keep it pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And and we don't have any real strong spreadsheet people on our team. I built it, and the way that people go, how did you build this like Google Sheets thing? How right. did you know how to do it? And I it's said, amazing. this is an amazing thing. It's called Google. Just tell me you built the software. The answer is always. <laughs> if I wrote you don't the know code. how to Google, Google, you know, if you don't know how to use Google's software, you just Google yeah. it. It's well, and, and if you're if you're like an individual agent going, I don't have the time to do that, or you're you're a, a small one or three person team or whatever, uh, there is a great product called Pipeline Wizard, uh, which is run by a friend Jesse Garcia, uh, mm -hmm. who's a KW agent and team leader, and that is developed first for the first for the individual agent and, and then for the team as well to track all those and has very similar uh, a similar yeah. look to Gecko boards for the individual sales yeah. tracking. So, so there's, a, there's other ways yeah. to do it without and, getting into the Google yeah. sheet. Building. And the point is creating that culture. And we did the same mm -hmm. thing. We, we have a big 80 inch flat screen in our big open, you know, big room and everyone can always see it. And it's always measuring and it's helping people stay um, accountable to what they've promised themselves. And I love Scott, what you said about your agents set their own goals and they get rewarded for reaching that goal independent of people can be different too often mm -hmm. as team leaders. We tell everyone what to accomplish when really we need to treat each person like they're a different person because they are. And so they, we allow our agents to set their own goals and then hold them accountable to that goal and coach to that goal. And then of course report up on that gecko board and ours, um, when they hit goal in the month, their number turns green. So if they're at two sales, but their goal was three, two sales, it's white. Once they hit their goal, it goes green and it stays green. So we'll have to think about changing the color if they go beyond the gold, the goal to gold or platinum or something like that. I like that. I didn't know that no. existed. Another thing that we do is uh, we reforecast. So let's say, you know, Travis didn't get anything last month. He still wants to hit that GCI goal because oh. his goals are based on his GCI goal, right? Right. So something's got to change. If he didn't hit the goal this month, then he has to do more the next month. And so throughout the year, uh, right after the first of the month, we go and we reforecast all those. So we sit in our sales team meeting and we say, hey, you know, you're above where do you want to take some off? And so if they exceeded their goal and they've got a vacation planned in, in July, they can remove writtens that they need in July because they're exceeding their goal. Conversely, um, you've got you've to bump yours up. Where do you want to do it? And they'll always go, December, <laughs> November. It's right. like, well, no, those are lower months traditionally. Right. You got to you know, hit those in. And then once we hit to the, get to the fall, 
there's just no room to put those because we do work on a calendar year. So we, we stopped doing the reforecasting about October or so because yep. it just doesn't make any sense. And agents are generally, yep. some of them are behind, but in the bulk of the year, we're going to reforecast. And so that goal is going to change. So it's, it's not always uh, four for Travis. Sometimes it's going to be five. Sure. Sometimes it's going to be three. So from a cultural standpoint, going back to Matt's accountability question, obviously we've talked about gecko boards and how to motivate that way and how we track it within the boards. How are you holding your agents accountable to doing the things that they know they need to be doing and you know they need to be doing? How are you holding them accountable to that on a weekly, monthly basis? So uh, monthly and not every month, we'll surprise them. Uh, usually it's once every two months or and then we'll do two in a row or not. We yeah. do have our agent Olympics and that's where we pull up our agent accountability stats on uh, Boomtown. We pull okay. up uh, some of the other things that we're looking at. If we're doing uh, door knocking, uh, we'll look at those numbers as they uh, report those in their 411s. Our 411s are the little one-on-one -on -one yeah. coachings. Uh, Kenny and I, uh, we're uh, changing the way that we do that right now. We're just now moving. We've done it separately. Now we're trying to keep the conversation going. So we're using OneNote and uh, putting in notes for those so that we can both uh, see those and, and continue that conversation. Our agents are able to pull up their own stats regularly too uh, from all of our spreadsheets on Google. Uh, we just created a an agent specific one where they can see, you know, what their turnover rate is, what their days on market are, what their list price to sales price ratio is. Uh, they can see uh, what their uh, funnel is as far as uh, what's in the hopper. Mm -hmm. for closing for cash flow management they mm -hmm. can see what they've got closing in different months what they can expect to see from there it's got their gps which is a it's a keller williams thing we require all of our agents to do a business plan every year mm -hmm. and so that's uh that's a one three five or a gps it's a their uh what is their gci that's the number one thing what are uh three priorities that they can do to hit that and for each of those three priorities there's going to be five strategies Okay. And we want to see those as quantifiable, uh, not uh, not quality, but uh, quantifiable. Right. So How often are you having a conversation about the 411 or the 135? Twice a month. Kenny's going to have it once. I'm going to have it once with them. And then uh, for our Agent Olympics, we, we pull in numbers. We never tell them exactly what we're going to be measuring. And so sometimes it's time to first call. Sometimes it is. Do you know what your team's average time to first call is right now? Uh, it it. It depends. We, we try to, we have an on-call person. And mm -hmm. so during the day, it's, uh, it's real quick. It's within that five minutes because everybody's got floor time on a rotating basis. Your and agents so do. You don't have an ISA that does that. No, we did for a while and the agents uh, had to pay an extra split for that. Yeah, they decided to get back with the floor time. Yep. We do so the same. They, they just rotate through yep. and they like it so much better that way. What are their floor time hours? Uh, nine to five. And then, okay. so during that time, all the leads go to them, all the internet leads. Yep. Uh, the phone is still the same. It rings to everybody. Uh, and it rings for about three rings in the office. And then yep. after that, it rings to all their cell numbers, whoever what picks it up. What you use for that? Uh, we actually have an IP phone now. Okay. So we, we switched over to IP. It's that. It's a polycom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, we 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 looked at some of those other ones and ended up switching our office yeah. over to. IP. All right. So you were going through, and I interrupted. So you said you checked the time to first call. What would be some other things you're looking at? Uh, some other things that we're looking for is how many, uh, the least number of uh, active leads without a to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're looking at uh, e alerts. 
Do they have uh, to use to do's? I know some agents don't want to use to do's. They just make sure people within each category are called a certain amount of times. Are, is your expectation that every lead in all active has a to do attached to it? Oh, I don't, I don't have expectations. Okay. Your requirement. Yes. <laughs> we, have, we have standards. And the standards that they're using to do. I love you, Scott. I agree, yeah, dude. What is your standard? The standard is that they're going to be using to do's on all active leads that they're going to have an active e-alert uh, whether or not it's sending if the client doesn't right. want it that's great but we've got an e-alert there and that yep. the e-alert is agent edited which means yep. if the client created it we're going to go in and make sure that um, it's not going out too frequently because they're going to unsubscribe if they unsubscribe to that they're going to unsubscribe to everything yep and so uh, we want to pay attention to those things we want to make make sure we're, that we're making phone calls and not just texting not just uh, emailing. So we're going to look at all those things. How often do they need to engage with a lead? Let's say that's in your nurture and I don't know what your parameters are, but our nurture is anyone three to six months. Our watch is anyone six months or longer. What's your expectation of how often they need to communicate with the leads depending on which category they're in? Uh, all they got to do, we, we have our set uh, drips, our smart drips. Yeah. And those smart drips have um, phone calls and for, texts for, yep. there and the tunes. And so it's real easy if they're on the drip. The problem is, is that when they interact with you, that pauses the drip. So the yep. agent then Started step in and do the to-dos. And the to-dos, I'm going to leave that to the agent. If uh, if it is, uh, you know, pretty far out and the guy's like, hey, we're going to be coming back to Arizona in August, I don't. they don't need to be calling him. They set a to-do for July right? and remind them. So we do have a transient population here yeah, uh, that makes that a little bit easier. But for our agent Olympics, we oh, just lots of hobos. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <clears throat> we just uh, post where they are, and uh, we give out. Uh... <laughs> too easy. It was too easy. Was uh, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. A large transient population. I'm, I'm envisioning crowd just just cra crowds of hobos. But anyway, he's talking about the snowbirds from Nebraska yeah. flying down. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. weather. All right, Scott. So speaking of like uh, like where you guys are at. So so refresh our memory in terms of where you and your expansion teams are at, so we can keep you in mind for referrals and all that good stuff. Arizona. Uh, if you're thinking about Arizona, give us a call. Anywhere. Uh, we, we do, yeah, we, uh, we're not down in Tucson at all or up, up north, but anywhere in Phoenix Metro, uh, we'll be able to take care of folks. We've got agents that are all over the place here. Uh, we mostly focus on the East Valley, but uh, we, we do a lot of business all over the place. And you can find us at klausteam.com. If you're really interested in uh, going a little bit deeper on farming, uh, we do have two different resources. Uh, one is more live action. One is more... Uh, get it when you can. Uh, we have a real estate designation called CLME. That's CLME.com. And if you go there right now, if you're watching it live, uh, just know that uh, the website is being updated and it's going to uh, go down in about a week and then come back up fresh and new. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, the other is uh, through MAPS Coaching. Kenny and I are both MAPS Coaches with KW. And we have a group coaching class uh, that's called Farming Will Make You Millions. And if you just go to mapscoaching.kw.com, mapscoaching.kw.com, and just look for Farming Will Make You Millions, uh, you can jump back in. You can jump in there. The next, uh, we're in the middle of one, so the next one, I believe, starts in March. But that's cool. uh, 12, 12 weeks of uh, yeah. standard maps, MAPS cycle, three-month three class. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Jeff, and then you want to mention the workshops real quick? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Scott, um, I would love to have you out to the workshop. One of the things I have always offered is if you sell more real estate than I do, you're welcome to my workshop for free because hopefully <laughs> I'll also learn a lot from you. Um, so you'd be welcome to come out. It's, th it's normally $3,000. We let affiliates come for free. So you would be an affiliate for us. Um, you beat me in volume by about 5 million. So my goal this 2017 is to crush you. <laughs> our average sales price is like 200,000. That's why our units always are so high. But that's awesome. You guys are really similar to us. I think we'd have a lot to learn. Yeah, we're 238 right now. Okay, 238,000, cool. yep. Cool. So our workshop is every month. Uh, we usually host five to 10 top teams. Our goal is to have people like yourself. And the workshop really wasn't designed for an individual wanting to go from 20 to 40. We'll let other people worry about that. We want to help people build massive, successful real estate teams that are legible, that drive millions of dollars of gross commission revenue. If that's something that's of interest to any audience member right now that hasn't taken advantage of it, go jump on our website. It's just EliteRealEstateSystems.com forward slash workshops. And you can watch a little video about it. There's some testimonials on there. We hosted over 100 people in 2016. We expect to host two or 300 in 2017. And it's a great time. It's a whole day with me. It's, uh, we have my success manager that's going to be there as well and our operations manager. And it's just high energy, you know, big impact, value add, and everybody that has come has given us rave reviews. So we'd love to have you come check it out, Scott. And then, of course, any audience members out there that haven't done it yet, please come check it out. It's, it's going to be a good time. Great. Thanks. All right. Awesome, guys. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Team Building Podcast. Thank you so much, Scott, for being with us. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody remember where to send him referrals and how to, how to learn more about uh, what they're doing down there. So again, guys, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you like the video versions or if you prefer the audio version nestled here in your ears, just go over to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe there. And we'll see you guys on the next edition of the Team Building Podcast. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah.